Why, hey there. My name is Darcy Jeremy. You're listening to another episode of the Business of Ergonomics podcast. On today's show, I'm interviewing an ergonomics consultant, and what she shares is going to be so useful to you. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Welcome, fellow ergonomics enthusiasts. I'm so pumped that you're taking the time of your day to talk about ergonomics, listen to our conversation that I have with Nicole Stewart. Before I jump into the interview and let you know who I'm chatting to today, I have to let you know about this awesome three-part training that's going down on March 17th, 2022. And that's just around the corner, let's face it. And yes, I am aware that is going down on St. Patrick's Day. So we'll have that theme included with the green in this training. Head to ergonomicshelp.com slash three underscore part underscore training. The reason why I'm having this training is that many ergonomics consultants, ergonomics service providers struggle with finding customers. Now, what I'm going to be showing in this three-part training starting March 17th, and that's just a couple of weeks, I'm going to show you what to do, the steps to consider, resources to show you how to reach more customers in your city. We're going to be talking about the competition that you may or may not be experiencing in your city different service deliverables that are aligned with our skill set as ergonomics service providers. And then we're going to get really tactical on marketing, what works, what doesn't work, and some useful things that you absolutely have to put in place. So you don't want to miss that training. March 17th, 2022, head to ergonomicshelp.com slash three underscore part underscore training. Look at all the details there there and sign up. Reserve your spot. It's going to be real useful. I am so enthused to be sharing this interview that I just did with Nicole. And Nicole Stewart, I've known her for almost a year now. She's a member of the Accelerate program, and she is a consultant who assists clients in creating a healthier office or home workspace by providing cost-effective ergonomic solutions. Her remote and on-site services include webinars, chair assessments, and workspace evaluations. She has an MS in Occupational Therapy from Tufts University and Advanced Office Ergonomics Assessment Certification. So without further ado, I really want to dive into this conversation because we shared so many valuable aspects that you can incorporate to if you're considering getting into ergonomics, how to position yourself to be a good problem solver, and where the opportunities lie for ergonomics consultants today. Let's dive into this right now. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Nicole. Before we jump into some 
of the questions I want to ask you about ergonomics and your business and the trends that you've been noticing over the years. Can you share a little bit more about yourself? Hi, Darcy. Thank you for having me. I am an occupational therapist and received my master's degree from Tufts University. My experience has been working in acute care hospitals. I have worked primarily with orthopedic patients and providing rehab services for the adult and geriatric populations, having joint replacements, hand injuries, and spine surgeries. That's great. So you've been working, got your start in the geriatric world. Now, how did that transition to ergonomics? How did you get your start in ergonomics and what types of assessments did you find that, that started this career for you? So I was introduced to ergonomics through a fieldwork placement during graduate school. I worked in an occupational health clinic providing rehab services to injured workers. These injuries were pretty catastrophic, mostly upper or lower amputations due to poor safety in the workplace. During my fieldwork experience, what stood out most for me was that many of these work-related injuries could have been prevented with ergonomic controls. From there, I began educating myself further in this field and then began performing ergonomic evaluations in my own hospital that I worked at, um, and then lab and offer settings within the hospital itself. I had the opportunity to be part of an ergonomic committee for a pharmaceutical company that was contracted through my hospital. Um, it was very interesting to deep dive, dive deep into the risk factors associated with pipetting, microscope work, and biosafety cabinets, and then working with a committee to develop a process to address these ergonomic concerns in their company. So that's what really got me into the ergonomic world. So pipetting ergonomics, that is such an interesting side to ergonomic risk. And there's certainly a lot of risks involved with pipetting. Yes, there are a lot of hand uh, repetitive motions in pipetting. Um, so we found that the scientists were really, that was, that was their primary complaint in the laboratories was pipetting. So just sort of providing them with better uh, tools, um, instruction on um, hand posture was really important um, to help them prevent these injuries. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what attracted you about the ergonomics industry? I really wanted to help prevent these injuries. In my opinion, no one should be in pain working. Um, I found that most of my evaluations or the client requests were reactive. They were in response to an employee injury or discomfort. But it seemed that the majority of employers were not interested in the preventative approach to ergonomics. I wanted to change this mindset. At this point, I knew I wanted to start my own consulting business with a focus on prevention of work-related injuries and focusing on the office and home workspace. Once again, working on a computer should not cause anyone pain or discomfort. It should not. And an ounce of prevention is a, worth a pound of cure. Now, more talking about this information um, of ergonomic assessments and, and the value that it brings to employers, can you share any memorable ergonomic assessments and what you did to limit the ergonomic risk? So I have many memorable assessments, but one that stood out for me 
was a referral that received for a secretary working in a community health clinic. Her primary issue was knee pain. When it comes to workstation assessments, I usually receive complaints of discomfort in the wrist, shoulder, neck, or back, but not typically associated with a person's knee joint. When I arrived at the clinic, I immediately was able to find the root cause of her discomfort. She had, com- had a computer desk with a printer shelf. Because the shelf was located under the desktop, it did not allow enough space for her legs. Therefore, her knees were pressed up against the edge of the shelf. In the ergonomic world, we call this contact stress, and it does cause pain. In addition, the keyboard tray was at a fixed height, which forced her to type with her wrist bent. However, she did have an adjustable chair that fit her very well, which I was surprised by. It was a welcome surprise. So my primary recommendation was to obtain a new desk to address her knee pain and wrist posture. So so cost was a factor in this situation. So I provided two different options in price points. The first one was to replace her current desk with, with a height adjustable desk or repurpose a monitor keyboard wall mount system currently not being used in the clinic. So the employee really liked the idea of being able to alternate her sit-stand position with the wall mount system. And of course, the employer was in agreement um, and had facilities install the unit. Um, So education was very important as the employee required required training in the correct height adjustments. Um, while seated and in sitting in standing positions. Basically, ultimate, both parties were pleased with the outcome. And it really made a difference. Yeah, that's such a powerful story. And there's a couple of points that I have to identify that they're just so important. As an expert in ergonomics, you're able to come in and see these counterintuitive risks that if you're just searching for solutions yourself off the internet, you might completely miss contact stress on the knee as being the solution to this. One of the biggest misconceptions I hear about the ergonomics industry and employers that may prevent them from moving forward with our services, um, you know, handling objections is that the types of solutions that are required are going to cost a lot of money. But this person already had a chair that was adjustable. And what you did was you you made suggestions, you looked at the adjustments, and you provided that training. And the training is something that is often overlooked, I feel, as an addition to ergonomics. Have you been in situations before when you have gone to a workplace and they have new chairs or new desks or new keyboards and nothing has ever been done to them, um, for them. And what's that? Yes. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, Darcy. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, very common that um, a new employee's employee is placed in a, in a desk workstation and they don't adjust any part of the workstation. So, and I, I and I think it's just you know the education piece of it. They see all of these levers on their chair. They're not too sure which one does what. Um, and and it, it could be a situation where the person before they, uh, them were six feet, and then they are probably maybe five two, 
So the desk is too high, the chair is too large. So, I mean, it's a matter of just adjusting everything into um, maybe switch a chair with with another chair um, in another cubicle that someone's not using. And so it's just a lot of just repurposing equipment that's already in the um, office and just making adjustments in, ed- in education. Repurposing equipment that is already in the office. Mm-hmm. I like to refer to this as the ergonomic chair. Well, usually it's chair, but really it's any sort of er- equipment graveyard. And they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So yeah. true. It's a, it's a benefit and a resource that us as ergonomics consultants can use and save the day without costing the employer any more money because they already have it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Do you um, have any types of services that you have provided to employers that might some people might consider surprising, but it actually falls into your client's journey or maybe it's wins to the customer relationship so that they can get ready for ergonomic services down the line? So by working as an OT, I have gained knowledge of various conditions which allow me to make necessary adjustments or modifications to their workstations and prevent further injury. For example, the age of retirement seems to be increasing in the U.S., and we need to keep these workers healthy. I offer a service to my clients, um, such as webinar, discussing workstation setup with a focus on arthritis. And this condition affects many people as we age. It can really limit um, hand function when using the keyboard, mouse, or even writing. So providing recommendations for tools to assist these older workers to stay employed and prevent further joint damage is extremely important. It's so important, especially with the aging workforce. So with your expertise in occupational therapy, you're able to conduct really unique service offerings. Yes. um, You know, I I could go on and on too (laughs) about the different conditions that I could, you know, help um, others because, um, it, you know, it affects everyone at one time in their life um, that there may be something that they're not able to maybe um, sit for a long period of time. They've had a series of spine surgeries um, and they do want to stay at work. They do want to be working and just maybe adjustments in their workstation um, may allow them to continue working and being comfortable. And that's an asset to the employer too, having not to retrain new employees and to retain their current employees. That goes hand in hand too with what is on everyone's mind, the great uh, resignation that has happened in the fall 2021. Yes. So important. It's all to retain the employees you have. Um, and it's just you know, simple adjustments, accommodations that they could make to the workplace. In your opinion, Nicole, how has the industry shifted during your career thus far? So I think the industry has shifted with the use of technology for ergonomic assessments and education. Um, it enables us to reach workers in various workspaces, particularly now that 
most workers are working from home. Um, particularly, um, you know, people are working from their laptop, kitchen tables. They're finding themselves in awkward positions. So reaching them in their homes through technology, through webinars, evaluations, um, even chair fittings are now done virtually. Um, however, it is a case-by-case situation. Not every evaluation can be formed online. We need to be aware of the platform we are using as we need to provide optimal services to our clients. Those are great tidbits of advice there. We've got to know what we're using, the limitations, the benefits of our services, so we can ensure that those clients are getting the right solutions and not being exposed to more ergonomic risk. Yes. Now, are you surprised with any of these shifts? You know, I'm not. Um, it, it's really no surprise that technology is placing, you know, a central role in our services. Uh, I'm seeing different types of wearable technologies for lifting in a factory. Um, there's apps being developed to ensure accuracy and measurements for some job tasks being performed. Um, however, I do believe that they need to be used in conjunction with a consultant. Um, you know, some factors not being taken in consideration with this technology, such as, you know, environmental factors could be lighting in an office, glare on the computer. Mm -hmm. So all those factors need to be taken into consideration. That holistic view that a consultant comes in and to see what is actually the root cause to this risk. Yes. And what I find too, from these tools is that they're great at maybe identifying where the risk is, but how do we solve it Yes, for an expert like you would come in and, and help? What would you recommend to new grads or maybe other healthcare professionals like OTs out there who I know are really interested in your perspective with ergonomics? What would you say to them if they want to get into ergonomics? So as an occupational therapist, we are highly skilled at risk identification, um, problem solving, biomechanics, and also developing that close-knit relationship with our clients. Um, And these all translate well into ergonomic consulting. But typically, most OT schools only teach a basic understanding of ergonomics. So it's necessary to educate yourself um, through programs like your blueprint, um, getting involved in some aspect of ergonomic safety in your own, either like I did at my own hospital or their workplace. Um, you know, I participated in health fairs, I educated staff on correct patient handling techniques, um, worked with some CNAs in in assisting them in, in educating them in transferring patients safely, um, and then performed ergonomic evaluations throughout the hospital. Um, but even with all the education and experience, I think other OTs would agree um, that we are challenged by the aspect of marketing ourselves. It can really hold you back from starting a business. So working with you and members of your Accelerate group um, sort of remove that barrier by providing strategies and a process to help me move forward in my business. Um, it also helps to get um, support from like-minded individuals to help us reach our business goals. So that, that was really key in moving forward in my business, working with the members of your Accelerate group. 
Uh, it's great to have you as part of the group too. One of the the things that really I, I keep thinking of frequently when I'm thinking of marketing ergonomics and our services is that they don't teach us this stuff in our school or, of course, if we're employees of an organization. But as a knowledgeable ergonomics consultant who wants to make a difference in our communities, it's the most important thing that you can do. I'm a, I agree that that's a piece that they need to add to most of the programs because I think it's becoming more common for, um, I know not only occupational therapists, but physical therapists and, and massage therapists, we're all sort of kind of getting out there, starting our own business, particularly in ergonomics. So I think adding that piece to programs is so important um, to our education. It definitely is. Now, there's a couple of things that you mentioned in, in that I needed to ask, what exactly is a CNA? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a certified nursing assistant. Amazing. So, yes. So, sort of, we, we do, uh, part, the therapists do provide some training for the nursing assistants um, because they do a lot of transferring of the patients in the hospital. So, that's just, a, and also to protect themselves too, not only the patient, maybe protect their back as they are sort of um, moving a patient from the bed to a chair. I understand. So manual material handling, patient care. Mm -hmm. And is that some of the ergonomic services that you would provide in the hospital? Because I'm so curious. When we think of hospitals, they have every department, right? They have office workers. They have kitchens. They have laundry. They have caretakers. They have people who work outside on the grounds. They have the nurses and the doctors and the patient handlers. So were you doing all of these or were you focused on one area? We would get um, referrals from the occupational health department within the hospital. Now, I have a couple other questions for you before we end today. Where do you think the ergo industry is trending big picture um, and opportunities for us and you as an ergonomics consultant? So um, I'm seeing that employers appearing to be more invested in the health of their workers Addressing work-related stress, disconnecting from the laptop at home, decreasing workloads, um, offering more wellness services, flexible work hours. Um, those are some of the things that I'm seeing. Um, however, some challenges are the birth of the hybrid work. And, you know, companies have not invested, so some companies have not invested in, in the adjustable equipment. Um, or if they have, there's that lack of education that we talked about on customizing the workstation itself. Um, so, you know, the employee needs to be trained to adjust their workspace, you know, if they do have this adjustable equipment. Um, in addition, the hybrid workspace seems to have environmental issues, such as maybe lighting from the floor to ceiling windows. Um, also, that visual and auditory distractions. Um, no space for personal items. I think there was a time where we, if you worked in an office, you had your, you know, your plants, maybe, maybe pictures of your family. Um, that that's not there anymore. So I think that's missing too. That personal touch is missing. 
Um, you know, and then, you know, and, and then, you know, I think little changes that, that could be made, maybe creating a quiet space in the office um, can be used to maybe working on a project or maybe taking a break and just recharging, you know, in that quiet space. So I think there's an, an ergonomic consultant plays a pivotal role, could play a pivotal role in employee wellness, you know, in that in the new workspace. Yes. And speaking of which, employee wellness, I have to say, Nicole, for the infographic in Accelerate on March, there's it's going to all be about employee wellness because it's such an opportunity. Employers are realizing this with the shift, like you mentioned, to working from home and not having equipment or equipment that's never been trained, like you mentioned. Um, it there is a big opportunity for there as as that's coming more to the forefront. I also agree with you. Um, last but not least, where can people get in touch with you? So I think they can get in touch with me at my uh, LinkedIn account at Nicole Stewart. Um, that's the best way to find out um, more about me and, and to connect. And I'd be happy to connect and talk more about um, what I'm doing in, in ergonomics. That is an amazing offer. Thank you so much, Nicole. I will link to Nicole's contact information in the show notes. And any last words, Nicole, before we end today? So no, Darcy, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you and having me on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's always great chatting to you, Nicole. And I can't wait to find out what the future holds for you and your ergonomics consulting business. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet signed up for the three-part training series, what are you waiting for? Go sign up. Go check out what's involved, what you're going to learn in this free three-part training series. So go and check it out right now, ergonomicshelp.com slash three underscore part underscore training.